Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Well, good morning. Good to see all of you here on a Labor Day. Hey, take a look around. Look around you. These are all the people who don't own boats. Okay. So, uh, beautiful Labor Day weekend. We're glad you're here. You're taking your time to spend it with us. We thank you for coming out. We're in part two of a three-part series called Preparing to Build. And this three-parter is a series that's preparing the way for our fall spiritual growth campaign. And uh, it's, the, the campaign is called Building Your Life on Values That Last. Uh, Jesus said that the wise man built his house upon the... Yeah. The foolish man built his house upon the... Yeah. And when the storms of life came, the wise man's house built on the rock stood firm. That's right. The foolish man's house built on the sand went splat. That's right. Everybody do that. Went splat. That's right. You know, that's not a kid's story. Jesus was teaching that to adults, teaching it to you and me. And the truth is, all around us, every day, we see people's lives who are going splat. Financial trouble, marriage trouble, kid trouble, moral trouble, splat, 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 splat. As pastors, we don't want that to happen to you. And so this fall, we're going to spend 10 weeks teaching you how to build your life on values that last. Rest of the culture can collapse. We want you to stand strong. And Jesus is going to teach us how. But today, in preparation for that building, I want to show you six ways that God anchors our lives. Our text is out of Ephesians chapter 4, so on your phone, on your Bible, on our app, on the screen, on the outline in your worship folder, six anchors that God uses. Number one, God anchors us by giving us coaches. Uh, All around us in life, we see the value of a coach, someone encouraging you to persevere, to stay the course, to finish well. You know, superstar athletes who get paid millions of dollars all have coaches. All these great singers, great recording artists, they've all got vocal coaches. Top CEOs, most successful businessmen, they all have life coaches. You read through the Bible, all the great leaders in the Bible had coaches. Joshua was coached by Moses. Elisha was coached by Elijah. David was coached by Samuel. Solomon was coached by David. Twelve disciples were coached by Jesus. Uh, Paul coached Timothy, and Timothy coached others. In fact, it's a biblical pattern. 2 Timothy 2.2, Paul tells Timothy, he says, Timothy, I now want you to take the things that I have taught you and pass them on to other faithful men who will pass them on to other faithful men who will pass them on to other faithful people generation after generation after generation. For 2,000 years, it has been an unbroken chain of one person coaching another person in the faith. And that's why you're sitting here today. That's why you're sitting here today. You are part of an unbroken chain. Because if that chain was broken, you wouldn't be sitting here. And that's why there's empty seats. Because somewhere the chain got broken. And you and I need to ask ourselves, am I going to be the one who's going to break the chain? 
Or am I going to build my house on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and stand firm? Who are you going to pass it on to? Because everybody needs a Paul who's, who's uh, teaching them, and all of us need to have a Timothy, somebody that we're teaching and passing it on to. In Ephesians 4, 11, uh, we see that God has given five coaches to the church. It says, Christ gifted some of us to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why did God give these people to the church? So that his people would learn. Learn what? Learn to serve. And his body would grow strong. This will continue until we're united by our faith and understanding of the Son of God. Then we will be mature, just as Christ is, and we will be completely like Him. Would learn to serve, would grow strong, will be mature, will become like Christ. Those are the reasons that God gave the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's why Pastor Ryland and the church staff are leading Rockbrook to do a fall spiritual growth campaign because it's our God-given responsibility to coach you up because we do not want your life to go splat. God anchors us with coaches. Number two, God anchors us by teaching us the truth. The truth. In any area of your life, you've got to know God's truth and apply it to your life. In your finance, you want to be financially secure, you've got to know what God says about money and apply it to your life. In your marriage, you want your marriage to stay the course, you've got to know what God says about marriage and you've got to apply it to your life. You want to succeed in your job, you want job security, you've got to know what God says about work and apply it to your job. Why do we do that? Because then we will no longer be like children forever changing our minds about what we believe because someone has told us something different or made a lie sound like the truth. See, one of the signs of spiritual immaturity is people can sway you from the truth. You know, a spiritually immature believer is always changing their mind because somebody's told them something different. Somebody tells them one thing, oh, yeah, that's what I believe. Yeah, somebody tells them, oh, yeah, that's what I believe. Or someone makes a lie look like the truth and they fall for it because they don't know the real truth. And if you don't know the truth, you're going to go splat. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. But look at the next verse. But Paul says, we don't, we don't do that. Instead, we will hold to the truth in love, becoming more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Now, why does God say that you've got to know the truth in order to weather the storm? Because every self-defeating behavior in your life is based on a lie. If you want stability in your life, you've got to identify the lies that you have believed, and you've got to replace those lies with God's truth. Because behind every self-defeating behavior is a lie about yourself, a lie about others, a lie about God. It's, it's a lie about success or money or, or uh, finances or marriage or sex. Every time I believe a lie about something, every time I believe what the world says about something instead of what the Word of God says about it, then I lose my footing and my life begins to collapse. Jesus said, the truth will set you free. Jesus said, I am the truth. He didn't say, I teach the truth or I'll show you the truth or I'm the way to the truth. He said, I am the truth. Truth is not just a principle. Truth is is a person. 
It's a person. And the more you get to know Jesus Christ, the more you become like Jesus Christ because the more you know the truth, and he's the truth. Ephesians 4.21 says, Since you have heard all about him, you have learned the truth that is in Jesus. And that truth is found in his word. You know, our lives must be anchored. What's the rock that Jesus says we build on? It's the words that he's taught. It's, it's his word. It's the truth of God's word. And so during our fall group semester, we're going to be working through a personal study guide. It's called Building Your Life on Values That Last. And uh, we have them available for you today out in the lobby. They're, they're $10. They're actually more than that, but your giving is covering the rest, and, and uh, we're just trying to recoup a little bit of the cost. But you're going to want to get through one of these, get one of these and work through it daily. Uh, it tracks with the weekend messages, with the sermons. It's going to be the basis of our small group of material, and there's just stuff in here, all kinds of cool stuff for you to work through, methods for you to learn Scripture, to memorize Scripture, and apply Scripture to your life. It'll help you get... It'll get you into the Bible, and it'll get the Bible into you. And uh, the more you work this process in this, this campaign, the more you're going to benefit from this study. The closer that you'll get to Jesus, and the more solid your life will become. I, I am so excited about this campaign. I am so thankful that, that uh, Ryland has put this together for us, and that we're going to be able to do I need this in my life. I really do, and you do too. And God knows that. And in his gracious provision for us, he's given us this opportunity as a church family. I mean, this is, this is just huge that we can learn this truth. Number three, God anchors us through new thinking. New thinking. Both the stability in your life and the instability in your life start in your mind. And you've got to build your life on a biblical worldview. You've got to look at your life through the lens of Scripture. And if you want stability in your job, you've got to think correctly. You've got to think biblically about your job. Uh, in stability in your finances. You've got to think biblically about your finances, your relationships, whether it's with a parent or a child, a spouse, a friend, with an enemy. You need to think biblically about your relationships. You want to become mature. You want to grow to become like Christ. You want your life to be stable. You want to build on a, a strong foundation. The battle is won and lost in your mind. And Paul says, but we have the mind of Christ. And that's what we, we want you to get. We want you to have the mind of Christ. Because the news media, talk, radio, TV, Facebook, video games, popular music, all these worldly things invade your mind and impact the way you think. And whatever you watch, listen to, read the most, that's what you're going to become like. And if your priority sources, primary sources, are all secular, then you know, the things that fill your mind are worldly, then you are going to be conformed to the world rather than being transformed to become like Christ. And if you want to stand firm, you've got to let God teach you the right way to think. Look at Ephesians 4.17. It says, don't keep living as the ungodly do, the unbelievers. Don't keep living as they do, for they are hopelessly confused in their thinking. Have you noticed that? People today are hopelessly confused in their thinking. People today, they have no sense. They believe nonsense. Their closed minds are full of darkness. They're far away from the life God gives because they have shut their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. 
They don't care anymore about right and wrong. And they've indulged themselves in all kinds of immorality, evil thinking, and the constant desire for more. They have built their lives on shifting sand. And one of these days, their lives are going to go splat. And if you don't want your life to collapse right along with them, you've got you to change the way you're thinking. In, he says, instead, there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. Okay? We've got to learn to have the mind of Christ. We've got to learn to think like the Spirit of God. Let the Spirit change your way of thinking. This campaign will help you think biblically about your life. Number four, God anchors us by cleaning house. You know, we often talk about spring cleaning. Well, we're going to encourage you to do some fall cleaning and to clean out your mind, your body, your spirit this fall. Ephesians 4.22 says, So get rid of your old self, which made you live as you used to, the old self that was being destroyed by its deceitful desires. That, uh, that idea of get rid of, that concept is found throughout the Bible. The idea of putting off, of getting rid of the things that, that are uh, detrimental to us. And if you want a healthy body, you're going to have to get rid of the junk food in your house. If you want a healthy mind, you're going to have to get rid of the junk food that you're feeding into your mind. You know, I mean, are those celebrity magazines really making your life more stable and steady? Or are they just making your life as chaotic as the Kardashians? Those poor people. <laughs> Cleaning house may mean you need to block some channels on your TV. Maybe you don't even have kids in the home, but you need to go into the parental guide and set some, set some guidelines. Maybe you need to get a filter on your internet. You know, I'm not going to watch that junk. I'm not going to put that poison into my mind. That's cleaning house mentally. You may have to clean house in your schedule. You know, we're back into the school year, back into the fall. Uh, most of you are trying to do too much. Most of you would accomplish more. You would be more effective if you would do less. And so maybe you need to go into your schedule and identify these are the, are the priority A things, these are priority B things, priority C things, and then you just focus on the A's and you let the B's and C's go. You focus on what matters most. You may have to do some house cleaning in your heart. Maybe there are things you need to confess to God and be forgiven. Maybe there are things you need to confess to somebody else and receive their forgiveness. Don't carry unconfessed sin around in your heart. Don't carry emotional baggage around with you. Get rid of it. Confess it and find forgiveness. Hebrews 12.1 says we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially any sin that distracts us. Are you distracted? so we can run the race that lies ahead of us. God has an exciting race ahead of you. But in order to run that race, you've got to get rid of stuff. The stuff that slows you down, that distracts you, that holds you back. I don't know if you've noticed this, I sure have, but it's easier to, to keep a bad habit than it is to get rid of it. Have you noticed that? I mean, why is it so hard to get rid of a bad habit? Well, first is because I've, I've had them a long time. You know, you didn't collect your hurts, habits, and hang-ups overnight. Uh, I, I just turned 64. It's taken me 64 years to become the mess that I am, okay? <laughs> I've been working on this for a long time. And a lot of the bad habits that I've got, they're habits that I picked up when I was a kid. But what works when you're a kid doesn't work when you're an adult. 
Paul said, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. And so a lot of my bad habits, they're self-defeating, but they're familiar. You know, they've been with me for a long time. And that's why they're hard to break. Another reason is because I identify with them. This is a big one. We often confuse our identity with our defects. You know, I'm a workaholic. I'm angry. I'm, I, I'm a stubborn person. Uh, I'm always late. I'm overweight. That's just the way I am. And when you tie your identity to your bad habits, you set up a self-defeating prophecy about how you're going to behave. And if you're going to break that habit, you've got to get a new identity. You need to know who you are in Christ you need to get rid of the old self and its sinful desires and put on the new self that, that, that is yours in Christ. You know, any, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Third reason bad habits are hard to break is because they have a payoff. Whatever gets rewarded gets repeated. And so whatever bad behavior is going on in your life, it's repeated because you're, you're getting rewarded somehow. We don't do things that aren't rewarded. And so i got to find out, what's the payoff? What's the payoff? Maybe it's masking your pain, or it gives you an excuse to fail, or you get attention, or you get some control, or you get a temporary uh, relief. But anything negative in your life has a payoff. And you need to figure out what the payoff is, and then change the payoff in order to break the habit. Fourth reason, it's hard to get rid of bad habits, is because Satan fights it. You know, Satan does not want you to be free. Satan wants you bound up in your sin. He wants your life to collapse. He doesn't want you to become more like Christ. And so as we move into this campaign, you need to understand that the moment you get serious about your life in Christ, you, I'm going to become a man of God, a woman of God, I'm going to become the person that God wants me to be. When you decide that, Satan's going to start feeding you a lot of negative thoughts. And he's going to be saying, you're just too busy for this. You don't have time for this. It, it's foolishness anyway. You won't change. You can't be any different. Who, are, who do you think you are to think you can become like Christ? You're just the way you are. This is a waste of time. You don't need to do this. You may as well just give up. Where do you think those thoughts are coming from? You know, the Bible tells us that Satan is the accuser of the believers. But if your life is going to be secure, if it's going to be stable, you've got a clean house. And it's not going to be easy. You know, growth is difficult. This is, we, we probably ought to call this a spiritual battle campaign. <laughs> because that's, that's what's going to happen. It's not going to be easy. But the Bible tells us that in Christ, we are more than conquerors. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And so we want you to, to clean house and step up, step onto that, that solid rock that Christ offers you. And number five, God anchors us through honest community, through community, through fellowship, by being part of the body. You know, there are some storms you just can't handle on your own. Some problems are so big, you've got to gang tackle them. You know, that's why we encourage everybody to get into a small group. Ephesians 4, 25, I love this in the message paraphrase. He says, no more pretense, tell your neighbor the truth. And this isn't tell your neighbor the truth about them. This is tell the neighbor, your neighbor, the truth about you, okay? 
In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other. So if you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. So we all need an honest community where we're, we're accepted unconditionally. We need a place where when you blow it, people don't rub it in, they rub it out. A place where you can tell people the honest truth about yourself. We expend so much time and energy pretending that we're better than we are. And all of us just need a place where you can say, you know what, I'm really struggling with this. I need some help. I need you to help me. You help me and I'll help you. Verse 32 says, be kind and loving to each other, forgiving each other just as God forgave you in Christ. God has been gracious to me and forgiven me. God has been gracious to you and forgiven you. We just need to extend that grace and that forgiveness to one another. You make a mistake, we rub it out. We're kind, we're loving, we're forgiving. That, that's what we strive for in our small groups. Another instruction for, for small groups is verse 29. It says, never use harmful words, but speak only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You know, one of, the, one of the reasons why we need to get into a small group is because it benefits other people. It benefits all of us, you know. It's not just about you. It's about, it's about the other members, the other parts of the body of Christ. You don't just speak about the things that build you up. You speak about the things that build others up. It's about the body of Christ being built up in Christ. And we have an obligation to help one another grow. Now, for some of you, the, this fall campaign may be your first small group experience. So I just want to quickly give you four uh, of our small group uh, ground rules, our small group guidelines. There are more, but these, these four, sometimes people don't want to get in the group because they're not sure what's going to happen. Well, this will give you an idea of the environment, okay? First, what's said in the group stays in the group. We value confidentiality in, in a small group. The group is a safe place to share. Next, no quick answers, snap judgments, or simple fixes. We're in a group to love and support one another, not fix each other. And so the goal is to listen to each other, not just spout platitudes or pass out advice. No politics, no controversial topics, no political debate. This campaign is not about, woe is me, the world is horrible, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, society is collapsing, ain't it awful? That's not the focus on this. We recognize that. The world's falling apart. God said it would. He promised us it would. But he also promised us that if we build a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, the world can collapse around us and we can stand firm. And so the focus here is not on solving all the problems out there. The focus is how do we get connected with Jesus Christ so that we can stand firm in the face of all of that. So it's not a political debate. It's a personal uh, growth campaign. And then next, no selling products or services to other group members. You know, don't bring your sample case or your catalog to small group. You know, leave the soap and the jewelry and the vitamins and the, you know, makeup at home. We're here to serve each other, not sell to each other, okay? Now, if you're going to get the most out of building your life on values that last, it, it happens in a group. If you associate with people on the grow, you're going to grow too. And so starting this week, you've got the opportunity to sign up for a group. If you go to uh, uh, rockbrook.org and look for the Connect link, or you can just go out to the information table, and they've got a, a list of the groups out there. And we've got couples groups, men's groups, women's groups, teen groups, kids groups. They're meeting various days of the week in various places of the community. Pick out a group that works for you and sign up for it. 
Now, if you're already connected with a small group, inside your worship folder, we've got these little invite cards, and you can use these to invite somebody to come to your group. And so you can tell them uh, your name, give them your contact information, what day it meets, the time, and you can invite other people to come to your group. Just think through your circles of influence. Who are the people that you come into contact with, your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, the people on your kid's uh, sports team? Uh, just think of somebody in your circle of influence and invite, and maybe even somebody here at church who's not in a group, you know, and, and just invite them to come. People are hungry for this. And if you invite them, they'll come and they'll thank you for it. Finally, God anchors us through faith. Through faith. The person who says, I can, and the person who says, I can't, are both right. You know, right now, some of you are saying, you know, I just can't do this. Can't do it. Can't get in a group. Can't make the life change. Can't do it. You're right. And those of you who are saying, you know what, I'm, I can do this. I can do this. Guess what? You're right, too. Yeah. It all depends on your response. Are you responding in faith or not? God says you've got to believe and not give up. Look, look at this. It says, now by his mighty power at work within us, God is able. By his mighty power at work within us, God is able. This does not depend on you. This isn't a matter of you mustering up enough self-control in order to make life change happen in your life. No, this is about God working in your life. God is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. That's faith. You know, you think of the, of the biggest thing that you would like God to do in your life during this campaign, and God says, okay, I can top that. God said, I can do more than you could ever dream of. But you've got to get plugged in. You've got to step out in faith. And you've got to participate and do your part so God can do the work within your life. God will do great things in your life this fall if you'll believe him. Your pastoral staff has put together a plan to coach you up this fall. Just do what your coaches tell you to do. You've got a great study guide for the campaign. It's full of biblical truth that you can build your life on. Get a study guide, work through it. I'd encourage you, you know, this isn't something you want to lay around for a week and then pull it out right before you go to small group. Quite honestly, this is a personal journal. It's a personal journey. And I'd encourage you to just work on this daily and then come to small group and share what you've been learning every day. Open your mind to a new way of thinking. Don't be closed-minded. Don't, don't be hopelessly confused in your thinking. Don't be hard-hearted. That's what the world does. Let the Spirit change your way of thinking. And then let's clean house. Let's get those breakthroughs. Let's break those bad habits. Let's get rid of everything that slows you down and distracts you. And let's be part of an honest community. Sign up for a small group. Show up for the group participate. Let's step out in faith and believe God for the great things that he wants to do through this campaign. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for your wonderful plan for us, for your care for us that we see and how you've made the church and just the, the wonderful provision of, of our, our leaders here at church who have the vision for this and who desire for this to work, for the small group leaders and the people plugged in as they come. God, we just would pray for you to help us to really anchor our lives in the midst of this chaos in which we live. God, help us to stand firm, stand firm together 
is the body of Christ. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.